Hi, I'm Kara Infante, and this is Bookish Flights. In each episode, I chat with one bookish guest as we take some time to sample and savor the pairing recommendations from their bookish flight. We hope to give you suggestions to cultivate your TBR list and nurture your leisure time through books. In today's episode, I am chatting with Sarah Marie Page. Sarah writes light and fluffy YA fantasy. She lives in sunny Phoenix, Arizona with her equally fluffy cat and with her husband who is not fluffy. She is currently querying House of Smoke and writing Serpent Green, Venom Blue. She also has a witchy manuscript that lives in a trunk under the bed. Her work has been featured in Y Magazine, The Advocate, The Crow's Quill, and Hippocampus Magazine. While at university, she won first place in the George H. Brimhall Homecoming Essay Contest, which was entered by over 300 applicants. When she is not reading, she is rock climbing, spoiling the cat, or doing attorney things, which is her day job. Welcome to the show, Sarah. Thanks for having me, Kara. I am so glad you're here, and I feel like I already know what our book flight is going to be, and I'm so excited about it. (laughs) I am so excited about it, too. Wonderful. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are? So, I mean, you covered a lot of it in the bio. I am from Phoenix. I have a fluffy cat. I work uh, by day as an attorney at one of the biggest law firms in Arizona. I do trust and estates law. And then I come home and I write, 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 write my little heart out. I do a lot of um, young adult and some spicy new adult fantasy, romanticy, um, which kind of is a segue into our book flight, but put a pin in that. And my stories tend to be really kind of silly and fluffy like for example the I'll tell you a little bit about Serpent Green which is one that I'm writing and that is where my heart is right now but basically the premise is that a portrait painter accidentally uh binds herself to her nemesis the crown prince and she paints these paintings where they're called indulgence paintings. It's kind of like a Dorian Gray painting where anything bad that you do happens to the painting. So if you stay up too late, the painting gets circles under its eyes. Or if you um, eat too much, the painting will, will put on the weight. And so she accidentally binds herself to the prince instead of binds him to the painting. And worse, it goes both ways. So anything bad that she does, he feels, or anything bad that he does, she feels. And it's how they are trying to untangle and maneuver this binding. So for example, some of the funny shenanigans I have planned, she gets her period and he gets the cramps and is like (laughs) sitting there like languishing, like who stabbed you? And she's like, it happens every month. And he's like, every month. (laughs) Um, And like, kind of like shocked and mortified. And then she gets mad at him. And she spike climbs a ton of stairs to make her legs really sore. (laughs) Bursts into her room as she's painting. And he's like, what did you do? And she's like, I went for a walk. And he's like, with Satan? Oh, my goodness. Anyways, (laughs) Serpent Green, really excited about that. House of Smoke has similarly dumb antics but they're a little bit more contextual. So a little bit harder to explain. Okay. All right. I love that. And I feel like as I think about my reading life, I don't read, I don't think I read a bunch of humor and I love the banter that are in stories because I think it can be so humorous. And I'm like, so this sounds 
really good. <laughs> yes, I I love a good, especially like enemies to lovers banter, um, where they hate each other, where you're like, kiss, 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 kiss. Yeah. So. There's some tension there. We feel it as it readers, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. And how long have you been writing? I have been writing my whole life, basically. Okay. So I grew up like sitting on my dad's lap and dictating stories to him and he would uh, illustrate them with Microsoft clip art. I wrote a couple of books in high school. I took a break through a lot of college and actually law school as well. And when I graduated from law school and took the bar, I was like, I've had this, like, it's the witchy book that lives under the bed. I'm like, it's been living with me forever. I, and if I would have written like, you know, 200 words a day, I would have written it like five times over. So I decided okay. to start writing that one. And I w- I've been working on that for quite a while. And I was at my dream job. So if you know anything about law school, law school is really cutthroat and really competitive and being at the top of your class really matters to be able to get one of these like coveted jobs and they rank everybody on the curve so they only give out like so many a's so many b's so many c's and so you have to be at the top of this curve to get these like really coveted jobs not stressful at all (laughs) not stressful at all I ended up getting (laughs) one of these jobs at one of these big law firms like these big fancy law firms and I kind of like went into it in a weird way. I went out to lunch with a partner and it was just like kind of networking lunch. And he was like, I had applied for their summer internship program and they had, I was one of the finalists, but they went with one of my classmates. So I kind of knew him and he was like, oh, we're hiring. Do you want a job with me? And I was like, yeah, I do. So started there at this big law firm and spending my nights like as a first year associate uh, writing and I was about one year in to okay. this job. And this is this is where House of Smoke came from. And it's a really near and dear place to my heart. But about one year into practicing law, he takes me to lunch. Like the same guy who was my mentor who hired me. And he said, I wanna, I wanna like give it to you straight. And we're sitting at the same restaurant. Oh my god. Like giving me the job across the street. And he's like, I just wanted to let you know, you're not good at writing. You're not good at least research. You're only good at filling out forms. And we have two interns coming who are in, wow. in and this is one year later, like one year after. Yeah. And he's like, we have two interns coming and they're in law school and they're better than you. And when they come, they're going to like push you out. So you better like start, you know, figuring out what your future is going to. And I think he meant it as like, and I'm looking out for you sort of thing. Yeah. But I I remember looking and I was eating the salad and it was a salad I always got and I just like could not eat it because yeah. I just like felt like so sad and so so like yeah just like sad. So I called my husband across the street right after sure. as you do and I like sobbed and I was like I think I need to find a different job and he yeah. was like okay hey, get through the rest of the day and then we can um you know, we regroup and, and you can start like looking and stuff. And it was wow. from this time and this point in time. And I know I'm like, now I can look back and be like, I'm a good writer. Like that's what everybody who has read my writing, I've mean, won awards for it. I So, yeah. but anyways, at the time though, I was so just like down and sad. And my husband would look at me 
And I would just start crying and I'd be like, if I just start bursting out in tears in the middle of the day, it's because I'm thinking about my job. And House of Smoke, which is a book that I'm querying right now, that's about a girl who has to go undercover with her uh, sexy enemy to find and steal their weapon. Um, So it's a very fun book too, but that book came out of that place because I wanted to write a book about a nobody who became a somebody because I felt like a nobody and I really desperately wanted to be a somebody and so I wrote House of Smoke and as I've been querying that I have found this community of writers and this community of friends and some of them have been with me since the pandemic in 2020 so we've been writing for a long time other ones Um, our newer friends but those friendships go just as deep and I remember I was courting House of Smoke and I got some more bad work news it was just like my boss being kind of grumpy and then I got a pass from an agent that I was really hoping would take House of Smoke because she had shown a lot of interest in it and I had really worked on um, like networking with uh like her and like her authors and one of her authors was one of my really really good friends who was raving about the book to the agent and the agent like passed and she was like I love it there's just not something that's like clicking with me and so for that reason I have to pass and this happened like right after my boss was just gave some like kind of harsh feedback again at work and I just remember like having like it was like the crappiest day that yeah. you could possibly have and all of my friends just like showed up and one of them like sent me flowers and then another one just like let me like sob to her and then another one like was like I'm getting you yoga classes because I know yeah. you love yoga and like they just like showed up in droves and like lifted me up and I'm like okay that's the heart of Serpent Green right there is like that community and having people who will come to you and like lift you up in those like really really dark times absolutely I mean I love that you're sharing all this because I'm imagine I am not a writer myself but I imagine that you need to have that drive right and that like where you were at emotionally after hearing that such harsh, you know, news from your mentor of over a year, you know, and I imagine in in your heart too, like you'd been a writer in your leisure time too, right? Not in your, not just your professional life. So I imagine yeah. that that stung even more because you're like, wait, I'm the writer in my personal world too. And I imagine that's just such a fuel for your fire to keep going and keep pushing and as you're talking about this querying and I've t- heard other guests talk about it and that really requires some perseverance right there. Yeah. And I, for, you know, for a long time, I didn't talk about, and I got the original feedback from that one attorney back in 2019. So it's, it's been a while, but for sure. a long time I didn't talk about it because I was so embarrassed and I thought that by like saying like oh this is the feedback I got that would somehow reflect negatively on me even now like sometimes I'm like 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 kind of like nervous to share like and then and then he said I wasn't a good writer and I'm like here like being like and I'm putting my writing out you know yeah um but 
as I've shared it, I think that everybody has those feelings of like not feeling like you're good enough Mm -hmm. and having that like imposter syndrome and feeling like alone in your end. So I, I really think that that story like helps a lot of people and and just being like, look, I, I know what it's like to be rejected and I know what it's like to be told that there are people out there who are better than you and that you're not good enough. And ultimately I I do think everybody has something important that they can give and something important that they can bring to the table. And that's really the heart that ties together both serpent green and house of smoke. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you summed it up perfectly. Like nobody wants to feel like a nobody, right? We want to feel like we're somebody. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Um, I'm a, a military spouse, so we move a lot. And recently uh, my local friends have now moved because they were other military spouses as well. And so I've kind of gone like where I was starting, like, I'm like, I don't really have a community here. Like you go to that place of being alone and like, and looking at like, what's my worth? What's my value? Like, what can I bring to the table? Right. And I think we all go through that. And there's that. Yeah. I think I actually, as you were talking about the friends, of course I have friends, right. But it's just not locally. So I'm like, I have a few friends I call and they just don't live near me, but I uh, saw this quote the other, actually just today. And as you were talking about how important those friendships are, it's uh, a quote by Bob Marley actually. And it says, true friends are like stars. You can only recognize them when it's dark around you. And man, right? Like in our darkest moments, you know who you're going to go to. You know who's going to be there for you. And that's your true friends. Yes. Yeah. For sure. I have one friend. She's in Utah. Her name is Sarah too. So it's kind of confusing when you like talk about us because it's like Sarah and Sarah and then yeah. our husbands have to like differentiate like because our husbands are friends too okay and so our husbands have to be like my Sarah you're Sarah <laughs> but she's one of those friends I just remember like talking to her one day and I had had like a rough day at work I, I promise like I don't have rough days at work like all the time I feel like every story I'm telling like and it was a rough day but for the most part, the days are like not rough and like pretty good. But I had another rough day at work. And just like, I remember talking to her and being like, I feel like with you, I can be like 100% like honest and vulnerable and just be like, you know, when people ask you like how you're doing and like the gut reaction is good. Like yeah. I am doing good. And even if it, the day like sucks and, and someone's like, yeah. how are you doing? They're like, good. And you're like, anyways but with her I just remember she's like how are you doing and I was like today was really hard and I was like I am so glad to have those people who who you know you can just say like and be yourself and be like today was a hard day and they'll just listen and they'll be like yeah and I I love you anyways you know yeah yeah I remember my dad telling me like if you can count your good friends on one hand like consider yourself lucky and at that time I think I was like 18 years old so I had like high school friends and I had college friends and I literally had like I could not fathom what he was talking about and now I totally can like, like now I see what you mean right like it's it's those true friends those ones you can go to and be real and raw and vulnerable with right and they still love you anyways they see those dark parts of you but they still love you anyways so 
That's really beautiful. And if you find those people, you have to hold on to them. Yeah. Like just like grab them and hold on to them and like don't let go. Yeah. And that's what I've kind of noticed, you know, as we've moved around, it's like I I have a couple that I stick to, right? And I still keep those relationships going. And the other acquaintances might go by the wayside a little bit, but it's, you know, those like for those raw moments. Mm-hmm. Like I'm calling you unedited because I'm upset or whatever, right? I've had a rough yes. day. I can't even like edit my like self to talk. I just need to like vent. <laughs> and they'll just like listen and they'll be like, yep. I love you anyways, you know? Yeah. Well, I love where this has taken us to talk about friendship as well, because I'm it's so important. You definitely need people in your corner. Yes. Um and you've given us a little insight into your books. So tell me in your I imagine I don't know much about being a lawyer. I'm actually a physical therapist by trade. So I imagine your days are long and busy as well. How do you fit in writing and reading and continuing your craft? So I and you would be shocked to hear I am actually still at the same law firm where I meant to ask that. I'm glad you brought that up. Yes, I am still there. And you would also be shocked to know I outlasted both the law clerks and the attorney who gave that feedback. So kudos to you. This old man standing. Yeah. But the firm that I'm at is technically a lifestyle firm. So it's not like the big law firms where you sell your soul for like a giant bag of money. That said, yeah, I do write and I do read and it is a lot. I, I set really clear goals for myself at the beginning of each quarter. Sometimes I do it quarterly. Sometimes I do it monthly. But having really clear goals helps to manage time. And then just like starting small, because when you start goals, right, you don't want to be like, and I'm going to start 12 things at once. That just like does not work and will fall apart. And I just like re-experienced that recently with my morning routine. I was like, I'm going to start working out and meditating and I'm going to start like doing a gratitude journal. And I like did really well for three weeks. And then all of a sudden, like, I just like dumped off the bandwagon. But yeah, just like starting small and like building the habit. So I've been writing every day, almost for five years. And so now it's something that I'm just like used to sitting down and writing for books. I listen to a lot of audiobooks. I would say most of what I do is on audiobooks and my brain, like just the way that my brain is wired, I do better when someone is telling me the story. But the beauty of an audiobook is that you can listen to it when you're like doing your hair or commuting into the office and I can turn it up. And my mom is always like, how do you have it so fast? Like you can barely understand (laughs) what they're saying. And I'm like, I can understand what they're saying. Um, So yeah, I feel like I, I usually start the book at like 1.5, 1.75. And then once I kind of know what's happening, like I grip onto the storyline, right? Then I can like, okay, 2, 2.2. 2. So like, <laughs> You're brave to go up to 2.2. I did have it at, I want to say it was at like 2.35 for the last book I was reading. But that was like abnormally fast. And gosh, I don't even remember what it was now. I just remember I had it really fast because I was like, come on, yeah. let's just go on, you know? Well, and that's, I think it depends on the narrator. I, I really, yes. I don't usually go above two, but I've read something recently now. I was at 2.25 because the narrator was slow. I felt like his cadence was slower. So I just yes. was like, well, that's probably why I'm extra fast because this is really fast for me. Um, but it didn't seem fast. It just was he, his cadence was slower. So I was like, okay. 
Um, but I love audiobooks for that reason as well. I think I probably read 85% audiobooks, honestly, in my busyness of my day, just to, you know. Damn. Yeah. So, and I try to read a hard copy at night to like kind of shut down the day. Yeah. Do you do Kindle books or do you do physical books? So I have now have a Kindle from doing the podcast because I've had some gracious like authors send me their arcs or their, you know, they've sent me their copy of their book before they've come on the show. And so I will read that solely for that purpose, but it would not be my choice. It would literally be my last choice. Actually, I would do audio and then hard copy and then Kindle because I I just don't know why my brain cannot get into it. I, I don't know why. Yeah, I feel like Kindles are very divisive. Like either like people like (laughs) love them and same thing with audiobooks, actually. The way that people prefer to read is just like divisive across the board. I have a really good friend who's like cannot do audiobooks. My brain just like wanders off and then it's like 20 minutes later and I'm like, who is Derek? Um, (laughs) But I'm like, no, I have to do audiobooks because I'm, but I do like Kindles. I think my mine is like flipped so I prefer Kindles and I'm 30 but I have the eyesight of a 90 year old and so I have to like make the font really big on Kindle yeah which is kind of embarrassing when you're like reading when you're like because a lot of the romantic books right there's like spicy oh yeah you've got those my husband like reading it's like giant font across what you read it big he's like oh okay that's so funny I didn't even think about that how like the person next to you could read it that much easier right over your shoulder of like what's going on over here oh absolutely (laughs) especially when it's like 85 point font like like yeah Yeah, so do you read a lot of romanticy then what are your preferred genres I read all over the board so I read a lot of like fantasy and fantasy romance recently I read a couple of thrillers I read a lot of writing craft books okay they're like my secure and I think some of this came about actually from the feedback that I was giving you're not a good writer and I'm like I'm gonna show him and so I read a lot of like writing craft books like a lot of writing craft books and now I just like put them on the background and I'm like okay like that's like it's just like good reminders yeah it's like honing Um, it's honing your craft right like it's like helping you do that absolutely before you hold on I realized I wanted to ask you two other things about writing and I feel like we're in the perfect spot for it so hold on what have you learned about yourself from writing so that's a really good question I think I mean, sometimes you write things and you're like, my soul just left my heart and like my soul just left my body and like entered the page. And especially like with House of Smoke, like some of those passages that I wrote when I was like hurting right after that Mm -hmm. feedback and they're still in the draft, like they are in the book as it stands right now. Um, And I read them and I'm like, I was not okay when I wrote these like I I was like not in a great like headspace I think writing in and of itself is a really vulnerable act and especially like sharing because you're sharing a piece of yourself and your piece of your soul and I think that's true for like most I don't want to say every book but a lot of books the authors are like I put you know a piece of myself into it and so being brave enough to share 
yeah has been that journey and I think that's what I've learned because again like being afraid to share at the beginning that I got this feedback and and then going from that to like now talking about it yeah. on a podcast like that's a big yeah. that's a big step you know yeah and I think that just shows your confidence in yourself right like from like that moment of the feedback where I imagine that sunk it pretty low to like how far you've come and that's beautiful yeah for sure yeah. Um, and then what would you tell yourself, you know, if you could go back and tell your younger writing self anything, is there anything you would go back and tell yourself? So this is like a practical tip, but I would tell myself to study writing craft a little bit sooner okay. than I actually did start. I wrote for like a year and maybe this is okay. Like I was just like writing for fun. I didn't know what a character arc was. Or, like, the plots had certain beats that people like to see. And even, like, sure. subconsciously, like, even if you don't, like, it's just, like, knowing, like, the nuts and bolts of writing, I guess. And then I had my friend who reads, like, 100-plus books a year. She read the first draft of the first manuscript I ever read. Bless her heart. She's the one that I can call in and be like, I had a bad day. Yeah. Um, and she was like, Sarah, you have a lot of potential. And you are a good writer. However, your character needs a character arc. And I was like, what is a character <laughs> arc? And she's like, so, you know, and she's not a writer. So she wasn't like playing the like writerly sources. Sure. But yeah, I think I would tell myself, go study what a freaking character arc is sure. sooner. Because you can save yourself a lot of time. Okay. Yeah. The more like technical side of it. Mm -hmm. Okay. I love that. I, uh, in doing this podcast, right. It's like, Oh, okay. Maybe I've been writing more, but it's in the form of journaling. Like it's never, I don't like at this point in my life, I'm like, I don't think it'll be like anything, but it's been a really good form of therapy for myself mm -hmm. right, to write. Um, and it just hearing other people talk about writing, it has spurred and their daily writing habits. It really has intrigued me because that's never been something I've tried in my life. And I'm like, I might actually really like that. So it's been just something I'm trying and it's, I've really, you know, again, it's more of a personal journey for me at this point, but I've really enjoyed the effects I've yeah. felt from it. And I would say too, to anyone who's just starting out, like, don't feel like, oh, I have to go write a novel is like the first thing I wrote. Like you can publish and I have published really short, like flash essays about like okay. my life like a thousand words uh creative nonfiction. I had like because I'm in between drafts of Serpent Green right now and so I was trying to brainstorm some ways to fix some plot problems but didn't want to get rusty on my prose I wrote like a 600 word and 600 words is not very long sure. a 600 word piece about Anne Boleyn okay. and just for like kicks right and so yeah you can write short things and like sub it around to like literary magazines and um a practical our poetry practical nuts and bolts trip uh trick is duotrope okay. um they're five dollars a month but they are a really good database for like literary magazines to subscribe or to submit to so if you're looking to submit to lit mags yeah. duotrope, duotrope. i've never even heard of it cool Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing that. 
Well, let's go back to, okay, so you've told us how you get your reading and you've told us your genres you enjoy. Um, have you always been a reader? Not as, so yes and no. I took a big break when I took a big break writing. Okay. So through my undergrad of college and through law school, and then I refound reading through writing actually okay. and now I love reading and I read like I'm on track for 75 books this year Yay, so that's that's a lot of books um and that'll be like my biggest year I usually do about 50 okay. books a year but yeah so I, I refound writing through or sorry I refound reading through writing okay I was going to ask you if there was a book that did it, but you or you answered that it was through writing. One of them, well, yes, but one of the ones in my bookish place was actually one of my gateway books back in Okay. Reading, so I'm excited to share that one. Yeah, I actually think is the this is the perfect time. So why don't you tell us a little bit about how the books pair together? Yes. So today we have a lovely spread of three romantic books plus a dessert. So the first <laughs> romantic book, and this is like... I decided that I wasn't going to recommend The Fourth Wing because everybody and their dog is talking about The Fourth Wing. <laughs> but if you liked The Fourth Wing, then these are books to maybe consider. And I was, we were talking a little bit before the show about how sure. there's an article that I was reading the other day about how The Fourth Wing is kind of like the gateway drug into the romanticy genre because she is a contemporary writer and she wrote it like a contemporary, but put fantasy elements in so it introduced a lot of contemporary readers to the romantic genre so if you are one yeah. of those people and that's if you me are looking i'm for, raising my hand <laughs> and if you're looking for more romantic books so the first one is an enchantment of ravens by margaret rogerson okay this is a standalone so this is the one that was my gateway book actually back into reading and I read it and then I turned back around and I reread it because I, I liked it so much. <laughs> I haven't read it in a while, but I read it twice back to back because I had so much fun. It's a yeah. standalone. This one is about a girl. She's a painter and she's commissioned to paint the Prince of the Faith. And she accidentally paints him with like mortal sorrow in his eye, which really pisses him off. Because he's like, it's a weakness and I like can't show weakness. And okay. so he like whisks her back to the Fay courts to stand trial. And a lot of the book is their journey back to the Fay courts. And she's like trying to like get away from him, right? And he can't lie. And so she starts like using that against him. And so a lot of it is their journey back. It's okay. a really fun, really like light and fluffy standalone book. So that's the first one. Okay. I love that it's standalone because sometimes fantasy series in particular, right? Is Well, I'm saying series because I feel like a lot of them are series. And I'm like, okay, am I ready to commit to a series right now? Right. Yes. And I feel like you have to almost psych yourself up. And honestly, back to fourth wing, I didn't realize there was a sequel to it. I kind of just went into it blind. I just kept seeing the hype about it. And it ended on such a cliffhanger that I'm like, I wish I would have waited to read it. <laughs> until I you know knowing there was going to be a sequel I wish I would have waited but um I love that this is a standalone for that reason you know I can go into this and I'm not you know if I'm not fully invested into three seven books who knows 
I will say after an enchantment of ravens, I really wanted a sequel. And that's why I turned around and reread it. I was like, give me more of these characters. I like, like, it's just, it's a really fluffy book that didn't take itself too seriously. So if you want something like light and fluffy, it does not take itself too seriously. Enchantment of ravens, really recommend that one. Okay. And that was by Margaret Rogerson. Yes. Okay. What's the second book of the pairing today? So the second book of the pairing is a pretty common romantic book and that's the court of thorns and roses series by sarah j mass okay i am adding this one because this is the one that my friend when she read my book and was like you have to figure out what a character arc is this is what the witching manuscript book guys this is not the two that i have but anyway okay. she was like she's like you have to figure out what a character arc is and she's like you need to work on your romance and she recommended this book Okay. And specifically, the reason that people read this book is for the second book in the series. Like, the first book is like, the first book is honestly just okay. I'm like, okay. I read it and I was like, nah, nah. Yeah. like, I think I DNF'd it originally because I started it and I was like, nah. like, I have a really low tolerance for info dumps. And okay. so she was like giving an info dump and I was just like, no, I'm out. So, yeah, the, you read the series for the second book in the series, but the second book is is worth it. So, okay. and how many books are in this series? Because I've definitely seen it, but I is it six? Uh, three. So the main oh, three. trilogy okay, so. has three, and it's already all completed. So you can okay. read the whole main trilogy, and then she's doing like a spinoff of some of the other characters. But okay. you, you maybe that's what I've whole, seen. Yeah, you can finish okay. the whole trilogy the whole base trilogy so but highly recommended the second book is very good okay is the third book then that one's to hold up with the second book as well yeah i would okay. say this i would say the third one's good too the second book is the best though okay like out of the out of the whole series like you read that one for the second book the second book is good all right and this is from what i know there it's like there's phase in there as well and She's a human girl, right? Yeah. So the first one's kind of like a Beauty and the Beast retelling. Okay. Where she accidentally, um, like, shoots a wolf and then another leader of the Fae comes and whisks her away. There's a theme to my romance to choices, guys, um, with being whisked away. But the, the leader <laughs> of the Fae comes and, like, whisks her away and she has to live in the fey lands but there's a curse that's going on and she's unraveling what's going on with the curse but ah, okay second book really good okay all right so for those of you that if you have not seen this series it is very popular it's it is very popular. yeah it is floating around bookstagram for sure um so that was a court of thorn and roses by sarah j moss and okay. what's the last book of the pairing today the last book of the pairing is Serpent and Dove by Shelby Morin. And the reason, so this is a part of a series too, but the entire series is complete. And I will okay. be honest, I have not read the last two in the series. I've just sure. read the first one, but the okay. first one stands alone. Like you can read it, I, I think the whole story like completes and she does leave it a little bit open for the sequel so it's not like every single thread is like neatly tied but it's not like it ends on such a big cliffhanger that you're like oh my gosh now I must absolutely read the second one 
But this one I specifically liked because of the banter. And I feel like there was really good banter between the main couple. So what the premise of this one is, is she's a witch. And witches are like being hunted. It's like this fantasy France, 1700s France. Okay. And her, uh, the love interest is a witch hunter. And so it's like very like into like hunting witches and um, he works for the church hunting witches and they have to, they're caught in a compromising position accidentally. I think they're like scuffling over something. It's not even that they were doing anything. And so they have to like get married to save face. And so Mm -hmm. she's like trying to hide that she's a witch and is married to this witch hunter and the banter is really really good it has a very like he's like very straight laced and like and then she's like kind of like wild and like a little bit silly and a little bit irreverent so that one is another fun one they're all so those three that I recommended are all either young adult or older young adult slash new adult so okay I didn't what's the new adult one I didn't even I've never heard this before so New, I would say the second Court of Thorns and Roses is more new adult. And I know that's like not really a thing, but it's becoming more of a thing thanks to book talk. But new adult is like college age. They tend to be a little bit like steamier. Okay. Um, than just like general young adult books. But yeah, I would say the second Court of Thorns and Roses is more like new adult, but it sometimes is classed as young adult. Okay. Well, thank you for clarifying. I had just never heard, I've heard like younger and older, but I was like, I've never heard new adult. Fill me in. <laughs> yeah, It's like kind of a thing, but not a thing. Like people are like, when you're querying, they're like, don't query your book as new adult because it's not a thing. But I feel like book talk and like the fourth wing. And I feel like it's more of a thing now. Yeah. So it's like becoming a thing. It will be. It I want be. it to be a thing. Yes. Well, and you've also provided a dessert pairing for us today. So can yes. you tell us about that? So my dessert pairing is actually my own short story. So if my books, specifically Serpent Green, sounded fun, then I have a short story that is set in the world of Serpent Green. So Serpent okay. Green is the one with the painter that accidentally binds herself yep. to a prince. This is a prequel short story. It doesn't focus on the two main characters of Serpent Green, it's about a side character. Okay. Um, basically, the main character of the short story is trying to, uh, you know, she has one purpose that she's been raised to do, and that's uh, marry her fiance, who's the crown prince, and then murder him. And so she strikes, she she actually kind of likes her fiance and like doesn't want to murder him. So she strikes a bargain with the demon prince of bargains um, and is like, help me get out of this. And she finds out through the course of the short story that uh, her fiance is planning to murder her too. So All right. like a little bit of a Mr. and Mrs. Smith. It does end on, and I'll warn you, a little bit of a cliffhanger not like I didn't think it was that big of a cliffhanger but then somebody texted me and was like how dare you end it that way (laughs) and so but I think it's a fun short story and if you thought Serpent Green was fun and if you like banter and 
um, demons who can't lie and are like, want to lie to you because they, you know, there's like steamy tension, then check out Verbosity. Okay. All right. And where can we find it? That is on my website. So I will shoot you over the link and then maybe you can drop it in the yeah, show notes. Absolutely. But I will tell everybody on air it is uh, serpentgreen.com. So okay. serpent, S-E-R-P-E-N-T green.com. Okay. All right. Yeah. And I'll definitely include that in the show notes as well. So the link would be awesome. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for preparing this book flight for us. I think it's going to be a hit because of just what I've seen going around book talk and bookstagram, right? Is romanticy is really big right now. So I'm really excited. We have, we have this official episode now. How I like to end the show is with our bonus pairings and they're just a speed round of questions here. So where's your favorite place to read? My favorite place to read is in my bed. Love it. <laughs> Propped up against a bunch of pillows yes. with my cat. Yep. Laying on me. Sounds very relaxing. What is one book that has changed your life? Ooh, this is a tough one. I think I would say Essentialism by Greg okay. McMillan. And the reason for that is that book really helps me look at and pare down what was important to do and focusing your efforts on one thing instead of a million things right especially with writing because with writing it's really easy to get sucked up in like shiny new things syndrome and have like 20 books that you're trying to write and I'm like no I have to pick one and work on that one consistently so okay I love that are you a rereader I am not usually I am usually a one and done Except I have been rereading a little bit more lately this year than I have in previous years. So I reread The Hating Game recently, and there was okay. another one that I reread recently. Oh, Breaking the Good Girl Myth, which is a nonfiction one. Okay. But for the most part, I do not reread. Okay. And then lastly, what are you reading next? Well, what I am reading right now, one of the things is... I get to read a lot of cool books that my friends are in the process of writing and I get to give feedback to them, which is like the funnest thing. So I am currently reading my friend Alex's book and it's called Draw on the Bones. And it is about a girl who I I think she binds herself to the prince. I'm not that far into it, but Alex is an extremely talented romanticy author. So She's going to be, guys, she's going to be one to watch. Um, Okay. She has an agent, and her agent is subbing around two different books to publishing houses. So, again, that's one to watch. So, Green, if you wanted to look her up, is Alex Kennington. And her Instagram handle is Alex Kennington Writes. I'll shoot you the link to that one, too. Yeah. Well, pop it in the show notes. Yes, please do. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show with me tonight. I know your time is precious and I appreciate all you've given me today. Yes. Thank you, Sarah. You're welcome. Thank you so much for listening to this episode today with Sarah Marie Page and her Romanticy Book Flight. We'd love to hear what other books you'd pair with this book flight at bookishflights.com. We are ending today's episode with something special. So for the one-year anniversary of the podcast, I ran a giveaway on social media that we were going to feature someone's book flight, 
And it was Jen and Sarah over at the Sisters Who Read. It's a bookstagram account, and it was launched by two these two sisters. They have always shared a love of books. Jen is a mom of three boys, a lover of coffee, and cute shoes. Sarah is an avid traveler, runner, and houseplant enthusiast. The sisters have adorable golden retrievers who are also sisters named Emma and Luna. Jen and Sarah don't live close together, so sharing stories and endlessly rehashing their latest reads is one of their favorite pastimes. Jen and Sarah started their bookstagram a year ago to support their favorite authors, connect with other readers, and share their favorite and not-so-favorite books. They highlight their recently read books, upcoming reads, monthly recaps, their dog's silly antics, and of course, the coffees and cocktails they are drinking along the way. Their bookstagram covers a wide range of genres, including historical fiction, mystery, science fiction, rom-com, and fantasy. Check out their books to journey and their cute pups at the.sisters.who.read. And I'll have that link in the show notes. I also asked Jen and Sarah if they would share a book flight with us, and they did. So their book flight consists of three novels set in enchanting worlds where magic seamlessly intertwines with the ordinary. Each story features strong female characters whose journeys reinforce the power of self-discovery, imagination, perseverance, and love. These books remind us that the magic is just a page turn away. In their bookstagram posts, the sisters love to include quotes from their books they are spotlighting. Here is one of their favorites from the 10,000 Doors of January that captures the heart of their book flight. I hope you will find the cracks in the world and wedge them wider so the light of other suns shines through. I hope you will keep the world unruly, messy, full of strange magics. I hope you will run through every open door and tell stories when you return. How beautiful is that? So that was from The 10,000 Doors of January. And that is the first book of their book flight by Alex E. Harrow. So in addition to their beautiful cover, a love for books, adventure, imagination, and the written word shines throughout The 10,000 Doors of January. January Scaler's world is changed forever when she finds a strange book that carries the scent of other worlds and tells a tale of secret doors, love, and perilous journeys. Each page turn reveals impossible truths around the world, her family, and herself. Book two of the flight is The Spells for Forgetting by Adrienne Young. Spells Forgetting is a beautifully written mystery with hints of magic. Told through multiple points of view, the story uncovers small-town secrets and the challenges of long-lost love, on an enchanting, remote Pacific Northwest island. And the last book of the pairing today is The Secret Book of Flora Lee by Patty Callahan Henry. When a woman discovers a rare book that has connections to her past, long-held secrets about her missing sister, and their childhood spent in the English countryside during World War II, this is all revealed. Is a transporting and refreshingly original novel about the bond between sisters, the complications of conflicted love, and the enduring magic of storytelling. Thank you, Jen and Sarah of the Sisters Who Read for sharing this amazing book flight with us. I am so excited to feature y'all on the podcast and on our social media pages as well.
want to inspire a community of readers. So whenever you share a post about what you are reading or what you are picking up next, especially if you have heard about the book on the show, please tag us. Follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Bookish Flights. This is a brand new show. So if you enjoyed it, please head over to Apple Podcasts and give the show a review. Your review not only helps me, but it also helps the show reach others. Make sure you are subscribed on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to make sure that you will not miss an episode. That's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. As Emma Thompson said, I think books are like people in the sense that they'll turn up in your life when you most need them. Cheers to you, dear readers. Until next time. Oh,